0: super talk mississippi media production hello ladies and gentlemen this is jamie Creel with shelter insurance come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our switch and save located in ridgeland and florida mississippi give us a call 601-992-6000 he's the former president and publisher of the sun herald and now he's on the radio Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
1: Good morning and welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. We'll be going to Jeff Duncan here in just a second. I just want to share something that a friend of mine, Susan Myers Griggs, posted. It's from C. Aura Campbell, and it was published in Poetry and Every Emotion. And you know what has to do with being a child at heart? That's the way, if you had to describe me, I'm definitely a child at heart. And here's what it says. Child, they will never stop telling you to act your age. They do it to me often. And my reply has always been the same. I will act the age my soul sees fit. If you take issue with that, then I suggest you turn away and take your leave because I'm not going to betray my heart and sacrifice myself on the fires of your expectations. I thought that's wonderfully said, and it does speak to being a child at heart. Hey, let me bring Kyle in here for a quick second. First of all, say good morning to you, my friend. How you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing really well. Hey, when you see that, you know, I'm not going to betray my heart and sacrifice myself on the fires of your expectation. Uh, people trying to force others to act their age. I'm a kid at heart. Are you, I don't, I I don't really know the answer to that.
0: Oh no, I'm definitely a kid at heart. Um, I'm always probably the one that acts (laughs) just to, to my own accord. And you know whether people around me like it or not it yet yeah, it's up it's not up to me I, whatever
1: <laughs> yeah hey way I described it with a friend today I said you know when my grandkids come to the house they want to go the first thing to do is come to me and they want to play and then when my kids were younger all they wanted to do was play with dad and even before we had kids uh, kids used to knock on our door in our neighborhood and ask if Mr. Ricky could come out and play and their dads would come together and we'd have these like big football games and jump ramps and bicycles. I love that stuff. And, uh, you know, that keeps you young, my my friend, thinking, having that frame of mind.
0: It does, you know, and, you know, I've always been that way because I guess just the way I've grown up, I had an uncle, my Uncle Eddie, when as far back as I can remember, He was always the one that was always a kid at play as well. I mean, it was always the two of us that got in trouble at dinner because he's shoving straws up his nose and looking like a walrus (laughs) or something like that. And, you know, many years later, I find myself doing that. I did that with my kids. I do that with the grandkids. Um, I'm still the one that gets told to stop it. There's people looking. <laughs>
1: yeah. Hey, listen, I, I had an Uncle Eddie in my life, too. That, that's a great way to look at it. Anyway, man, thanks for what you do to support the show. We're going to move over now to Jeff Duncan from NOLA, NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune. Hey, Jeff, did you have an Uncle
0: Eddie? <laughs> I had a, a Uncle Jack who taught me how to fish and uh, kept me young by taking me around Behind my uh, mother and my aunt's back, and basically the first one to let me try a, a, a beer, I remember. So, yeah, he was the cool <laughs> uncle, Uncle Jack. Uh,
1: you know, we're we, you know what, buddy? We're all young at heart. You know, that's just that's just the bottom line, and uh, some of us more so than others. That's for sure. I, I, and you know, coming back to Kyle, you know, he is a little bit of a practical joker. I can see that. I can see that in him for sure. And you know he loves to fish with his son. And when you're out in the outdoors, that kind of brings you back to your roots in a lot of ways, and reminds you of your childhood. That that's for sure. Hey, listen, uh, the Saints are at combine now, and uh, we had a we had an availability yesterday. Actually, and got to hear the coach talk about why he believes Derek Carr is an elite quarterback. There's a lot to think and talk about today. So why don't why don't you you know what, what's what's going on these days? There's a long list of things, but what's your what's your latest? thinking on where we are
0: well you know this is traditionally ricky the the kind of the start of the offseason the, the saints have been coaches scouts have all had their meetings back at their airline drive facility for the last month and a half and this is where they start executing the plan it's really kind of where the offseason begins i mean the the league year will start next week i think it's well maybe maybe a week and a half march 15th um begins the league year, and that starts free agency. So the the Saints are positioning themselves at the combine. They're they're doing two things, and I've been a number of times to Indianapolis for this event. They're scouting prospects for the NFL draft. Obviously, we know the Underwear Olympics, as it's called, Uh, you know, players performing all these skill tests, medical tests. That's one facet. But the other really, I think, more important facet for the coaches, general managers, is is meeting with agents. This is like the center of the NFL universe this week. All the agents are there representing their free agent players. And that's why we saw Derek Carr has already met with the Saints, he met with the Panthers. I think he's going to meet with the Jets today. Um, His agents are there, and they're they're basically going to start negotiations and figure out. That's really what's more important than even the, they have video of these workouts for the players. They'll look at that when the draft, the draft didn't until the end of April, but you know, there's plenty of time. They'll fly, see these guys work out in person. It's really more about getting ready for free agency. And the Derek Carr sweepstakes now involves another NFC South team, the Carolina Panthers. And if you just watched all the other NFC South coaches and general managers, Terry Fontenot used to be with the Saints representing the Falcons yesterday. Everyone is looking for a quarterback, it's amazing. They're all missing a quarterback. It's actually going to be the subject of my column for Sunday. Whoever I think can land either Derek Carr or the Falcons or to get into the Lamar Jackson uh, hunt, I think immediately becomes the team to beat in the division. It's really fascinating. I don't think we've ever seen a division in the NFL with four open quarterback competitions.
1: Wow. It's really incredible. Listen, um you guys have done a great job at NOLA.com and The times picking Union. You guys have done a great job of like breaking down all these contract negotiations, how much has been saved, and just kind of working their way through that. You've done a good job of, uh, of, of sharing uh, what, what what the coach had to say about Pete Carmichael and defending him and why they think Derek Carr is, is a player. You know what's interesting? You mentioned Lamar Jackson. <clears throat> Man, is he worth what he's asking for? I mean, he's coming out wanting what Deshaun Jackson got in terms of a guaranteed contract. What's your thoughts about that?
0: Well, the quarterback position has just gone, you know, it's gone off the charts. You know, we're talking about quarterbacks like Daniel Jones and Derek Carr that I think are considered good quality starting quarterbacks in the NFL, but not really the elite tier (laughs) quarterbacks and the going rate that they're asking for is $35 million a year. So that that market has gone to another stratosphere. I can remember when Drew Brees signed his deal just a few years ago for $20 million a year, and that was the largest contract in Saints history. And now that's half of what elite quarterbacks (laughs) are getting. So it just shows you how quickly that is mushroomed. And and that's really, I think, a huge uh, consideration right now for the New Orleans Saints is I know they feel like they have a roster that can compete, but to get a quarterback like a Derek Carr, you've got to pay elite money, and they don't really have that luxury right now. It really is built more for having a, a rookie quarterback uh, that you're paying on a rookie deal. That That's really how their salary infrastructure is laid out, but the roster maturity is built for a mature quarterback. It's really a, a conundrum, I think, for Mickey Loomis and Dennis Allen. Now, obviously, they're negotiating and talking to Derek Carr, so they have a plan to get him under the cap. They obviously have worked it out, but at what expense will that be to the rest of the roster? I think that's, and how long? How long do you commit to Derek Carr? How many years? All these things, I think, factor into whether he comes here or not, or whether he goes to the Jets or Panthers.
1: You and I have talked about this before, that Jameis Winston may never play another game for the Saints, but he's quick to remind people that he's got another year on his contract. And um, there's a school of thought out there that says, do the Saints draft a quarterback, just like you just pointed out? Keep Jameis Winston. Let them go at each other and, and, and build for the future, as opposed to thinking that they've got something that they can continue to put some Band-Aids on and go win with it. They're they're kind of in a in a weird spot right now, aren't they?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Jameis Winston, his contract is for one more year. It's at roughly about fourteen million, so it's pretty affordable for a starting quarterback, given what I just mentioned. Uh, but man, there's a lot of, of of burned bridges there. I think they've got to figure out how to rectify that. But any any general manager will tell you, Ricky, you don't let a player go until you have to. And so right now, he's still under contract, but. The Saints can walk away from that deal. There's an out in it. Uh, they can walk away and actually save money against their cap. So I would expect them to do that at some point. It reminds me a lot of when the Saints had Aaron Brooks in 2006. He was still on the team, still under contract, but as soon as they signed Drew Brees, <clears throat> the next day they let Aaron Brooks go. So you don't you don't walk away from him until you have to, and and that's probably what's going to happen with Jameis Winston. But there's no reason to let him go now because you don't have anybody to replace him. It's certainly, better to keep him under contract right now.
1: We're coming to the end of this segment, but when we come back with Jeff Duncan from Nola.com and the Times-Picayune, we'll talk about what Dennis Allen had to say in uh, in the last couple of days. Uh, one defending Pete Carmichael, and and I mean pretty pretty strongly. And he had other things to say as well. We'll see what Jeff has to say about that when we come back on the other side. We'll see you after this.
0: live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgolfcoast.com. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
1: Welcome back to Coast View. We have my friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune. If you have not gone over to NOLA.com and signed up for the Saints newsletter or the Pelicans newsletter, there's actually a number of newsletters you can sign up for. I would really encourage you to do that. The team at, at NOLA.com and the Times Picking do a, an incredible job of covering professional sports. And uh, they're lucky to have someone like Jeff Duncan on their team, who is on the Hall of Fame selection committee and won just about every award you can get. And uh, we're lucky to have access to him here on, uh, on Super Talk Gulf Coast through Coastview each and every Friday. So, Jeff. As we uh, as we were talking before we went to break, Dennis Allen did did create a, a media availability, and he defended Pete Carmichael and said some other things. What was your take on on that press conference?
0: Well, I think it's the first time we've had a chance to talk to him since uh, the staff has been kind of formulated, so his uh, comments about Pete Carmichael weren't surprising at all. I think what the Saints did with Pete Carmichael, we, we talked about this before, is they looked around at some candidates. They certainly considered making a move there. But I think they looked around and didn't see anybody to them that just stood out. There was really nobody that they felt like was really going to be a huge upgrade for them. They liked the continuity. We know they they you know embraced stability there. And I think they felt like they were just going to have to change the offense and go through a, a complete turnover of philosophy. And uh, I think they felt like it was better served for them to kind of stick with where they're at. Now, whether that's the right decision or not, I don't know. But I think that was the thinking in sticking with Pete Carmichael, a guy that, let's face it, has had success as an offensive play caller over the years. Uh, you know, they've had some remarkable runs when he's been there as the offensive coordinator. So uh, it didn't surprise me in the end that they stuck with him. Just knowing how the how this how this franchise values stability and continuity.
1: But one of the things you wondered about is uh, you know I don't want to speak I don't want to speak for you. you can speak for yourself on this, but I do remember you saying something like we were lacking some creativity in the play calling and you wondered whether they would bring somebody on who would be sort of a more innovative, more creative play caller. Is that a conversation that's still going on behind the scenes or what's your thoughts about that?
0: Yeah, look, I think there's merit to that and I think Pete Carmichael knows that. I think more than anything Ricky, the Saints need to identify what they want to be offensively. What's their identity? We, we pretty much know what they are defensively. I don't think we really have a good feel yet for what they want to be offensively. I think Dennis Allen knows. He wants to run the ball, be def- almost be more like the San Francisco 49ers, physical, You know, play to your strengths, your defense and special teams. But they really haven't built their offense that way. I think that's what they have to do identify what you want to be offensively and then go from there and 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 stop trying to be all things like the, the, the one of the strengths of the old Sean Payton offense was that it could morph into anything and that was something that I think you can do when you have back like they don't have that now so I think they really have to kind of pull back from the Drew Brees offensive days and go more to a ground-based attack with Taysom Hill. I mean, Alvin Kamara is facing a major suspension probably. They're going to have to address the backfield. But lean on that good offensive line they've got and be a little bit more of a conservative, almost Baltimore Ravens type of offense. That's that's what I think they'll do going forward.
1: Do you think there's a chance that Leonard Fournette can find his way back
0: home? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me, no. I mean, I think Leonard Fournette's going to have a lot of suitors. I mean, I think he's a valuable player. He's certainly, the, I think, the kind of guy this offense lacks, though. A big power back. They need, you know, with Kamara facing a multiple-game suspension, minimum minimum six games, they've got to get another back. To me, it's it, next to quarterback, it's their top priority is to address the backfield, whether they do that in the draft or free agency or both. Uh, but Fournette is a guy that I think still has a lot of juice left. It's just a matter of what is his market going to be, Saints are not going to be in the market for paying him top dollar. They've already got, I think it's about 14, 15 million committed a year to Alvin Kamara, so that you, you can't get out of whack with your, with your, uh, you know, your out, your allocation of your salaries to one position like that. So more than likely, they're going to have to draft somebody and get a maybe a, a minimum salary type, like a Latavius Murray type, to also come in here.
1: So as you uh, as you think about things going forward, um, Saints gonna have to make a lot of moves. They're gonna have to continue to ne- renegotiate some contracts. Uh, they've got some big time decisions uh, that they've got to make. Do you think that they're interested in a quarterback in the draft? Do you think they could position themselves in the draft to get a quarterback? Is there any talk about that behind the scenes?
0: I, I think it's too early. I mean, they're just now getting into the into the NFL draft part. Of their evaluation i mean this is kind of it starting now i think they're definitely going to consider it i think they always look at it that way but whether they say invest their first round pick in a quarterback i don't think they know that yet i mean i think it's impossible to know until they figure out what's going to happen with Derek carr the way the saints have always operated in the past is they use free agency ideally to fill every hole they have on the roster then that way they go to the draft And they don't have to draft for need. They just draft the best players. That's how they've always done it. And so if the best player were a quarterback, I think they wouldn't hesitate at 29 to take a quarterback if that's who they really had rated that highly on the board. But I don't think they would pigeonhole themselves. Uh, Now, the other thing that's coming up, Ricky, and and we can talk about this next week on the program, but they're going to have to make a decision on Mike Thomas. I mean, Mike Thomas, March 17th, I think it is, is due – a $31 million roster bonus that he's guaranteed if he's on the roster on March 17th. That's not far away. It's a couple weeks away, so they have to make a decision on him whether they're going to release him, trade him, more than likely release him, or restructure his deal again that becomes more palatable, get rid of that massive roster bonus, and that way he stays on the roster. But I expect more than likely he's going to get released.
1: Ooh, that's going to be so interesting to watch. Hey, listen, I've signed up for a couple of media that cover the Denver Broncos like a blanket, sort of like com, and Times McEwen does the Saints. It's been interesting watching Sean Payton make his moves, you know, the coaching selections and how he's approached it. That, man, he's obviously a lot of what he's been doing in terms of how he's managing the media and what he's doing internally inside that organization is very culture changing. It's very different than what they're used to, and they write a lot about it. But you—you what, know—what what's your thoughts on on uh, how he's doing so far in Denver?
0: Yeah, look, I think you hit the nail on the head. He's, he's changing the culture there. that If you know Sean Payton, uh, he said it the other day, that means being obsessive about every detail, and that's the way he operates. I mean, I know they've got a big – this is something he did in, in New Orleans, and he's doing it in Denver. I think Friday night he has his whole staff there, coaching staff, scouting staff for a big dinner. He's big on that, like a big camaraderie type thing. I know he goes around. He did it in New Orleans. They go around the table, each coach or scout stands up, introduces themselves, tells background about each other. It's just kind of a getting to know each other session. They did that every year in New Orleans, even after 15 years. they still did it. Uh, he's big on getting away, getting getting the group together, kind of that teamwork. Uh, I, I think they're gonna win quickly in Denver. I just know how he works and I know he's fired up right now about it. Now they got a tough division. they got the, the defending Super Bowl champs in their division. But I would not discount the Broncos this year. They got to get the quarterback situation straightened out, and I think it'll, that's probably job one for Sean right now.
1: And uh, what, you know, we'll move over to the Pelicans for a second. It's just been tough to watch, man. I mean, Lord, how mercy. They started out, as you and I discussed last week, on a roll, and now you've got the coach trying to explain why what they've experienced more recently differs in, or maybe is, doesn't differ from the, the beginning. Of course, key injuries, Zion's you know, sort of extended injury, it's been really tough to watch. But what's your read on them right now?
0: Well, look, they got a big win Wednesday night out in Portland. That was a big one. I mean, that, that's a team that they're kind of right even with in the standings in the conference. Uh, they're just trying to survive and tread water right now and get into the playoffs. If they can get in and, you know, they got that extended playing game now where the nine and ten seeds can play each other and get into the top eight, you know, the. That they're going. To, that's where they're probably they're going to end up right now. Without Zion in the lineup, they really struggle offensively to score. Uh, that was a good win against Portland, but they got to come back Friday night and play at Golden State. Uh, you know, the defending champions. That's going to be difficult. So I just think any win they can get to kind of keep in the hunt, and hopefully get Zion Williamson back. Then they got a puncher's chance when you got your big dog back. But I think it's pretty clear right now, Ricky. Zion Williamson is the guy for this team. And Brandon Ingram is a very good player, but he's more of a Robin, not a Batman. If you know what I mean, <laughs> he doesn't move the needle. He gets his 20 points a night. It's a terrific player, but he doesn't really affect winning the way Zion Williamson does. When Zion Williamson's on the court, everything gets easier for everybody else. That hadn't been the case with Brandon Ingram.
1: What are you hearing about Zion?
0: I think it's going to be a couple more weeks at the earliest, uh, you know, these, these hamstring injuries are finicky, these soft tissue ones, and he had a major setback there. So uh, Now they've got other injuries, too. I mean, Jose Alvarado's out, Larry Nance Jr., key role players for them are also out. I think it's going to be very difficult for them to beat Golden State and Golden State right now. Uh, so it, right now, every, any win is good for this team. We're just scrapping to stay in the hunt.
1: Well, Jeff, thank you for joining us today. Next week, I want to we'll circle back on the Steve Gleason book that you're collaborating with Steve to write. What a fascinating journey that's been for you, and I uh, look forward to kind of getting an update about that book. What a what a terrific opportunity for you and Steve to tell such a compelling story about a, a man's thirst for life. And uh, you I know that you're honored to to be in a position to write it. But until next week, have a great have a great day and, and rest of the week, and we'll see you next Friday.
0: Thanks, Ricky. See you next weekend,
1: buddy. You bet. This has been Jeff Duncan from NOAA.com and the times pick you in. We'll see you right after this break.
0: Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.